today, and uh, and uh, I'm excited. I'm sorry, I was even wrong. That was day four. Day five is the animals and every living creature. That that shows you I need to work on it a little bit more. Verse number fourteen of Genesis chapter one says this, and God said. Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. And he made the stars also. And God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Everybody say it was good. Now, I just picked that day out because I'm going to use it as a reference, but go down to verse 31 of Genesis chapter 1. It says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Everybody say, very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. I want to, with the help of the Lord, minister this message to you today. Don't settle for good when very good is possible. Don't settle for good when very good is possible. Would you just bow your heads and we just need to get everything, all of the obstacles out of our thinking for the next few minutes so that the Word of God can come clearly to us. Jesus, I pray against every voice of the enemy and every voice of life that would hinder us from hearing what you have for us today. Lord, I believe that you have spoken into this church, and I believe, God, that you're wanting to get our attention. And so I come against everything that could hinder your voice today, and I'm asking you, Lord, to give us ears to hear and hearts to receive what you're trying to say and allow us, Lord Jesus, with clarity to understand your word today. Lord, fill me up and pour me out upon your people. In your wonderful name I pray, amen, amen. Praise God. I believe that all too often we as believers get stuck in the good when God's got very good. And so here's what I want you to, I want to say that again. We get stuck in the good when God wants to give us very good. And what I mean by that is the things that God is doing in our lives and speaking into our lives are not bad things. They're good things. They're just incomplete. The reason why God looked at the end of every day of creation and said he said it was good until he got down to the end of the sixth day and he said it's not just good, it's very good. And the reason is, is because the very next scripture in verse number one of chapter two, it said the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And so he finished it on the sixth day. He completed it on the sixth day and then he rested on the seventh. See, when God does something, he wants to do it to completion. Is anybody in the house today? I said when God wants to do something, he wants to do it to completion. He wants to do something that takes you beyond just one aspect of life, and he wants to multiply it into that which is complete and whole and righteous. He wants you to be whole, not just healed. He wants you to be whole, not just a work in progress. 
The problem is, is we get stuck and comfortable at certain levels of progress, and we don't continue to move toward that which is complete or that which is very good. Because we like the things that are good. I love good things. But then there's some very good things. I I love some things that are good for me, that I enjoy. But if I ever take a step back and realize that God's got something even better, even greater, even more fulfilling, even more complete, why wouldn't I reach for it? Because it's very good. I'm reminded of the meme that I've seen in, uh, on Facebook and stuff of, of Jesus kneeling before a little child asking him to give, uh, asking the child to give him his, their little teddy bear. And the meme is basically saying we don't recognize it because behind Jesus' back is a teddy bear that's ten times bigger than the one she's giving up. But we want to hold on to the little one, that good thing that we have, because we don't see what he's really trying to do into us and really trying to speak into us. And I believe the Lord has given me some understanding this week, I believe, that will help us understand what gets us stuck in the good. And part of it was what Paul taught this morning as he was speaking, and he began to use the phrase that reigns on the just and the unjust, and maybe he hadn't heard me preach that here because I agreed with him. And you'll have to watch it to understand what I'm talking about. You missed it already. But the rain comes on the just. Everything that God does is good. And the problem is we don't recognize the goodness of God because we have come to an understanding, albeit wrongfully, that there are good things and bad things. Can I tell you, you either believe the Scripture that says all things work together to them uh, for good to them that love God, or you don't believe that Scripture. God takes things that we think might be bad, but because they're in his hand, they become good, and what he's doing is he's measuring us, he's molding us, he's shaping us, he's trying to make us whole so that we get to a place where we understand the goodness and the power and the very good of God. And so the rains or the storms of life that come in are are a blessing from God. Now, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble today, but can I just tell you, and I've been saying it for several months, but we give the devil way too much credit. We blame him for things that he can't even dream up. We blame him. Listen, don't get me wrong. The devil is very real. He's throwing stuff, all kinds of stuff out there that that trying to trip us and trying to mess with us. But can I tell you, you have one of two things to believe. Either he's stronger than you or he's weaker than you. And the Bible says that if you have Jesus, he's no match. So either you're strong enough in Jesus to resist the devil and he flees or you have to find God more than you have to fight the devil. Uh, Notice what he creates here in Genesis chapter 1. In verse number 14, he divides the night and the day or the darkness and the light, if you will. And it says this, and let them be for signs 
and for seasons. Can I tell you what that word seasons means? It means an appointed time. Let the night and the day be for an appointed time. It is a sign to us that he's in control. He controls the night. He controls the day. He created the night. He created the day. He created the storm and all the storms that can come. My friend, let me just tell you today that God is the one that controls the seasons. Let me just share with you some scriptures to reveal that to you so that it's not just coming from me. If you'll turn over to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, real tiny scripture, real tiny book right after Proverbs. But Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1 says this, to everything there is a season. Everybody say everything. Everything, 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 there is a season. You've got a season. I've got a season. Your enemy's got a season. Your kid's got a season. Everything. If you read the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build. You get the picture. There is an appointed time for everything. Here's our problem. We try to make something happen when it's not the right season. And then we get ticked off because God hasn't come through in the right season. Or, or, your, or, or your enemy has come against you because you've uh, attached when it's just a season. To everything there's a season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. Let, let me take you to Psalm 74. Psalm 74. Some of you are kind of looking at me today like, what's he really talking about? Verse 16, Psalm 74, 16. The day is thine, and the night also is thine. In the middle of your darkness, it's not your enemies, it's not your mess-ups, it's not your mistakes, it's not your sins. The night is his. Thou hast prepared the light in the sun. Thou hast set all the borders of the earth. Thou hast made summer and winter. Some of you might get this here before too long. 2 Timothy chapter 4. This is often used for preachers, but it's not just preachers. Verse number 2, he says... Preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Notice that phrase, be instant, in season, and out of season. Be instant. We've always said, well, that means to be ready. Can I tell you that that's only partially true? If you dig into the Greek for the word instant, it's the same word in the Greek as the word assault. It means that in season and out of season, get ready to move. Get ready to go on the advance. Get ready to march into your battles because both in season and out of season are declared to be God's. It doesn't matter where you are or what you're doing. If God is on your side, it doesn't matter the season. He's in control of the seasons. 
There is something that is happening in today's world that does not recognize the seasons. It's the seasons that are causing us all kinds of problems. Can I tell you, I wrote a poem years ago about Minnesota. This is when I wasn't living here. See, I grew up here. I moved to Delaware where there are not four seasons. There's hot and damp and cold and damp. And you might have three or four days in between. We were just out there a couple of days ago, and uh, the first half of the, well, we got there on a Sunday night. We flew out after church, got there late Sunday night, and it was not until the day we left that it got nice. Because it was above 90, probably closer to 94 or 95, but because of the humidity from the ocean, it felt 15 to 20 degrees hotter than that. I didn't leave the house after 8 a.m., 9 a.m., something like that. I think she sent me out one day. But, man, I had to crank that air. And then I'd run from that to the store wherever I was going. We stopped and got my birthday dinner, and I made her go into the store. I didn't make her. She did it. I just dropped her off. She walked in, and it's a pizza place and a, and a cheesesteak place. And, and the lobby, it was 95 outside, hot and humid. Inside, they had a rotary fan or a little fan blowing in the back, and that was it. She came out just, I was like, this is why I moved. I went to Kansas City, and it wasn't much, more, much better than Dover. It was kind of the same. We had a little bit longer, nice weeks but man you get into the summer and it was hot and you get into the winter and it didn't snow it iced and, and so you you could go skating down our street oftentimes because of the rain and the freezing and it was crazy but I wrote this poem about Minnesota because I was craving my four seasons and not the hotel I love Minnesota because it has four seasons. Now, there are people that have messed up the four seasons and have, and have taken to themselves to change some of the seasons into construction season or pothole season. I get all of that. But we are in a territory where we have a distinct spring Summer, fall, and winter. We're getting ready to head into fall. It's amazing how quickly the, uh, the, the trees change their colors here in just a few. My, mine in my backyard are already starting to change. I don't know about yours. And it's going to change. It's going to become beautiful, and we're going to drive down streets, and you're going to see all of the color. And then we're going to see bare trees. And we're going to be wondering where the grass went. And we're going to be driving on streets that have snow packed and you don't know where the asphalt is anymore. But then, if you just hold on, for me, it's hockey tournament weekend in March. High school hockey tournament lets me know spring is coming because almost every year since I was just a kid, there was one day during the, the hockey tournament that would melt big time and we'd have to walk through puddles. And I knew spring was on its way. And then summer. Here's the problem. We don't recognize four seasons in God. 
even though the scripture says he created both summer and winter. He created harvest season and dormant season. He created planting season and harvesting season. He did it all. He created all four seasons, and yet we get into a certain season and we struggle because we're wondering why God's not coming through, why we're not getting an answer, why God's not anointing isn't seeming to flow. What well, you might just be in winter. But God created winter. Can I tell you that a farmer in Minnesota doesn't go into an all-out panic when the snow covers his fields because he knows that in just a few months' time, the snow is going to melt and he's going to get his big combine out there and start turning the soil and planting for a new season. Can I tell you if you're in your winter season, don't criticize God for not seeming to be there. He's just having you lie dormant for a moment under the snow because the snow by the time spring comes, the snow is going to be the nutrient, the water, the fuel that will cause the planting of your spring to spring up. We get tied up in our wrong seasons. It says be instant in season and out of season. It means that we have to activate our faith on a different level within the different seasons. Can I tell you, if you're expecting a harvest in the winter season, you're going to be sorely mistaken. It's why the birds get out of here. Because they know they're not going to have any food. It's the reason why the bears put it all together. Because they know for the winter months they can go into dormancy because they don't have to forage for food because they're not going to really find any anyhow. Let me just tell you, you might be in a winter season, but just hold on a little bit longer because your winter is going to give way to spring. Your spring is going to give way to summer. Your summer is going to give way to fall or your harvest season. See, here's what we fail to realize. On three different levels, there is individual seasons there are family seasons, and then there's church family seasons. Hey, if God's blessing the person that's sitting down the rows from you, don't get jealous. They're in fall. You're in winter. You're as anointed as they are. Hey, when somebody starts getting something brand new, a brand new revelation, a brand new blessing, don't get discouraged. They've entered spring. You're getting ready to harvest what you planted. And, and listen, your families are different. My family's harvest season is different than your harvest season. We step into blessing at a different time every year than your family does. Why? Because God has created a season. Here's the thing to remember. It's still God's season. <laughs> oh, I, I said we give, we give the devil so much credit. 
please don't misunderstand me. Don't walk away from here saying pastor doesn't believe in the, in the devil and he, he's real. He's, he's there. He's messing with us. He's trying to destroy us. He's trying to seek us out to kill us. He's trying to do all kinds of things. But here's what I know. I know, I know, I know. The word of God says greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I don't have to fear him. I don't have to quake amongst him. I don't have to panic around him. I can stand strong in that day and in that hour when he's messing because I understand that he might be messing with me in the wrong season. So I might as well be instant in that season. It's the reason why God, uh, why the devil messes with us at different times. Some of you are newer. What's the easiest way to destroy you is to pluck up that little tree, right? I don't know how many of you have planted trees. We planted four of them here a couple of years ago. They're right out back here, four little. The first time they came in, man, all you had to do was do this. And it would have come out and died. It was at spring season. It had just been planted. The soil was still loose. The sprout wasn't very strong. Can I tell you that it could be your spring season where you've just started to sprout in the presence of God and the devil doesn't like it? So he's going to mess with you in that planting season. He's going to mess with you in that beginning of the growth season and try to trip you up. My friend, you've got to stop and say, no, 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 no. I'm just standing still for a little bit. I'm going to get my roots deep down into the soil where the winds and the, and the storms can't destroy me, can't topple me, can't uproot me. I'm going to find the nutrients down in the soil. I'm going to dig a little deeper in God's well because there's coming a time when the summer's going to come and the heat is going to be turned up and the humidity is going to, and unless you're in an atmosphere where something is being able to water you, you're going to be all, all alone and dry. That's still God's season, but it's not a punishment. It's a place where God works out all of the stuff and burns the chaff from that which is good and separates all the mess of the gold to let the pure gold rise because he understands that which he planted in the planting season, that which he purifies in the heat season. He's going to bring forth a harvest in the fall season. My friend, if you've felt the heat of the Lord, if you have felt the purification of his hand upon you, get ready. He's getting ready to bring something forth in you. That which was planted a long time ago is getting ready to spring forth. Oh my. I know what it's like to go through the seasons. I wish I could tell you that I was always on fire for God 24-7, 365 and 52. Doesn't happen that way. But I learned a long time ago as just a young man, I had this principle taught to me. Just keep walking through the seasons. Because for everything, there is a season. 
Can I tell you that sometimes in the winter, God is trying to knock off some of the old leaves? You want to know the first branches that come down when they get pruned before when It's the dead branches. I, I, I know that doesn't sound good, but God loves you too much to leave you the way you are going into a winter season. And so he knocks some rough edges off, and he rakes up the leaves, and he does one of two things with the leaves. He puts them in a bag and puts them at the end of the driveway or he makes them compost, one of the two. And why? Because if he turns it to compost, you put that stuff that he took off back on your new ground in the spring, and that becomes nutrients to that which is becoming new in Seasons. Seasons. You see, we get tied up. We like summer, and we want to stay in summer. Or we like fall, and we stay in fall. Most of us here probably don't like winter all that much. We say we do because we're Minnesotans and we're nuts. And I used to like it a lot more when I was younger. But now I open the door and I want to just go back inside. I used to enjoy getting all cold and snow all through my hair and walk in like a snowman. I used to enjoy that. Not as much anymore. But you know what? It's still God's season. How many of you are spring people? You love spring. All ten of you. No, I'm just kidding. How about summer? How many really like the warmth in the summer? I know some of you are like, oh, it's going to get warm in the building. Nah, we ain't working that. We just lower the air a little bit. How many like fall? Everybody likes fall. How many like winter? All the kids just raised their hands, including Chad. Here's the thing. Spiritually, we try to stay in the season that we like, which is a good season. But the very good is the cycle of completion. You see, there is no San Diego in the spiritual realm of God. San Diego that stays between 65 and 75 just about every day of the entire year. You don't find that in God. He created the seasons. And I, can, I, I love fall. I love fall. I enjoy it. We've got the house open. You, 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 you smell all of Starbucks as all of the pumpkin spice nastiness comes out. And the apple cider, now that's what I like. Taryn already posted the apple cider donuts out there by the, the orchard out there. It's already the, I love fall. But can I tell you something? I would never have fall if I didn't have spring. Because spring is what gives us the leaves that change in the fall. Spring is what brings us the warmth and ushers in the planting season that gives us the harvest season in fall. 
don't despair in your seasons, but in every season, recognize that it's God and recognize that he's in control of the seasons, that it's he that created both the summer and the winter. He's the one that created the seasons as an appointed time for all things so that you can rejoice in him in your spring, in your summer, in your fall, and even in your winter. Isaiah chapter 54. I want to read this as a millennial prophecy. But the principle is very appropriate for this message. And then we'll come to a close. Chapter 54, verse 1. Sing, O barren. Listen. Listen to that. Not you that are full. Not you that have been blessed. Not you that have everything that you want. Not you that are going through the smooth sailing. It says, sing, O barren. You that haven't gotten what you've desired. You that haven't seen what you want to see. You that haven't experienced what you want to experience. That's who should sing, thou that didst not bear. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, thou that didst not travail with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. That word desolate doesn't mean empty, by the way. That word desolate means awe-filled, filled with awe. More are the children of those that are filled with awe than the children of the married. My friend, there is something that you can do in every season to usher yourself through to the next season, to from the good to the very good. Begin to sing. Break forth in singing and crying with a loud voice of worship, knowing that the promise of God says that what you don't have now, there's going to be more of that than you can ever imagine than all of those that seem to have it all together. My friend, this isn't talking about natural childbirth. This is a messianic prophecy to the kingdom of Israel, saying, Israel, there's coming a day when all of that which is off-filled is going to outnumber the natural man and woman. There's something that's getting ready to happen. I believe that God is speaking in the spirit of grace, church. Hold on tight because that which was promised a long time ago is getting ready to happen. It's getting ready to happen. It's getting ready to happen. All the prophecies of the multicultural church are getting ready to happen. All of the different kinds of people are getting, we're getting ready to step into a season where God brings forth in abundance. We don't see it yet. There's still a lot of empty seats here. We're creating some space. We're working on getting the other areas of the building taken care. We're working on We're creating it. We're trying to get it to where we can use it. Why? 
because we're in a season of planting. But just hold on. It's getting ready for the floodgates of God to open. Verse number two. Enlarge the place of your tent. What do you need to do in season and out of season? Enlarge your tent. Don't get comfortable with that which God has done for you. Don't get comfortable with the small blessings of God, the good blessings of God. Continue to expand your territory. Continue to push out the borders of your understanding. Continue to dig deep into the things of the Word of God. Continue to enlarge your tent. Because God will not fill a full entity. He will only fill that which has room to fill into. He won't pour into you until you have emptied yourself to him. He will not bring a harvest until you get the seeds out of the granuary and into the soil. He won't be able to give you that which he wants to give you until you step into the season of appointment. So enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitations. Spare not. Listen, I'm not talking just about money here. I, I, that, that, you can take that and apply that. Which, by the way, for the last three weeks, I've forgotten to tell you, we did move our offering c- container over to this table here. That's an aside. Now I can, because I almost forgot for the fourth week. This isn't, when I say in this scripture, to spare not, to lengthen your cords, to strengthen your stakes, what, what am I saying? Here's what I'm saying is get yourself prepared. Maybe you're not feeling the, the harvest of your life right now. Maybe you're just in survival mode. Maybe you're in that end of winter, beginning of spring, and you're trying to figure out what God's trying to do in you, and you can't see it clearly, and you can't understand it clearly, and circumstances of your life and storms of your life have come, and they've battered you like they batter a ship. Let me just tell you something. Just hold on to the promise of God. Just begin to sing and to cry out with a loud voice. Begin to enlarge your territory. Begin to put out that. Don't spare that. But get ready. For thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not. For thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth. Ah, let me say that again. There's coming a day, my friend, you that are newer to this thing called Jesus, let me just tell you there's coming a day, one of these seasons is going to transition and all the shame that you had from your youth and from your past experience is going to be tossed to the side. It's going to be removed from you because your shame cannot exist where God plants the new thing. Oh, some of you catch it. Some of you have been messing because your shame has tried to grow where you're trying to grow. Let me just tell you, you might have to pull the weed a little bit, create some more territory so God can pour some more in. 
For thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. Thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. What season are you in? God's done so many good things. But he's not gotten us to the very good yet. He's not done. I I want you to notice as I close, the days of creation are interesting to me. The days of creation, God does, God's mind-blowing. He makes an example for us, for us to live by. Notice the first thing that he creates. Verse number three, let there be light. And there was light. Now, I don't know what that light was. I'll just, I'll read between the lines for me because it's not the sun. The sun doesn't come until day number four. Let me just give you Tim Sanders' theology. And if you don't believe me, you can be wrong. The Bible says that he is the light of the world. Can I just tell you what I believe this means here? When God says, let there be light, he just, and he saw that his light was good. Can I just tell you what I believe is getting ready to happen in the next 1,200 years? thousand plus seven at least in that city where the lamb is the light I believe that God's going to restore the original light when we get around his throne and he enlightens us all he creates the air the atmosphere and the earth in day number three he he creates all of the the earth kind of things, the grass and the fruit and the trees and and all that that we like to look at. uh, The fourth day, the sun, the moon, the stars, and the seasons. The fifth day, the animals, every living creature. Day six is the crowning of his creation being man. And in all of those, he said they're good. But let me ask you this. Would you want to live where there is only a firmament, but there ain't no land? Would you want to live where there's only the sun, the moon, and the stars, but there's nothing else? It was good. The blessings of God were good. God even said it was good, and if God said it's good, that means it's probably good. And he gets down to day number five and he creates all the animals. Fido and kitty cat. Those are good. But is that enough? But then he creates us. And then the Bible says at the end of the chapter, he looks at all of it. 
the progression of his creation, at the completion of his creation. And he says, hmm, that's very good. Don't get stuck in your good. Keep pushing towards the very good. Don't get bottled in the season that you like. Get ready for the season he's getting ready to lead you into. And the cycle that he takes you through. Now, I'm giving you something here that's that's not just, I can't prove it scripturally. Okay, and whenever I do that, I tell you that. But I believe this. If God set up the seasons to last a year cycle, I believe at the minimum every year God is taking us to the next level. And what I knew in my 51st year, God's getting ready to multiply in my 52nd year. 53rd year. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, he's not restricted to the exact seasons because all of us are in a different season. We all come to the Lord at different times. But don't despise your season. God ordained it. I I invite you to stand. Here's what I want us to do.